guitar before? Richard Collier is about to begin an incredible journey into another realm, another lifetime, in search of the love he could never find in this one. That's Elise McKenna. Starred in a play in the hotel theater. Dr. Finney, is time travel possible? That is a question. Arthur? Arthur? You're the only one who can help me. Is it you? Is he the one, William? Walk with me. Please. A haunting story of the link between a man and a woman. A link that goes beyond fantasy, beyond time itself. Someday, in the past, he will find her. Hello and welcome to Time Babble, where my colleague and I babble about films, or more specifically time travel films, or films that generally mess about with the concept of time. The films will be a heady mix of highbrow and lowbrow, but the chat will probably end up heavily weighted towards lowbrow. This week, we're babbling about Somewhere in Time from 1980. The film is directed by Jeanne Swark, who also directed Jaws 2, Supergirl, and Santa Claus, the movie. The film stars Christopher Reeve, Jane Seymour, and Christopher Plummer. It's based on the 1975 novel, Bid Time Return, by Richard Matheson, who also adapted and wrote the screenplay. It's the everyday story of a man beckoned to the past by a mysterious stranger. After an elderly woman hands him a watch and urges him to come back to me, Christopher Reeve becomes obsessed with the portrait of a beautiful actress from 1912. Using the powers of self-hypnosis, he finds a way to travel back through time to be with his one true love. But as always, the path to happiness is fraught with danger and loose change. The film features a lush score by John Barry, who was suggested by his close friend Jane Seymour. Barry chose not to take a fee for this job, but took a percentage of the royalties from the soundtrack, which went on to become his best-selling film score. The film itself didn't go down well with critics. The Blues Brothers came out the same week. There was an actor's strike, which meant the stars couldn't publicise it, so it fared poorly at the box office. But the following year, showing on television, it started to acquire a huge fan base. An official fan club, the International Network of Somewhere in Time Enthusiasts, Insight, holds an annual event where the fans meet at the Grand Hotel, where the bulk of the film is set. Happy Christmas, nerds! <laughs> it's, it's the most Christmassy film we could find. Yeah, family. <laughs> I think it's perfect because it's all about loss, doomed love, sadness, and death. I think it's perfect. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> it's perfect for this time of year. It's perfect. There's a few misses, I think, in the film. Mm, yeah, one of the things is the script. <laughs> um, I'm being unfair to it because it was lovely and yeah. I, I do really like this film but yeah. um, if it was a Christmas movie as well there would be an extra oh. sort of level of you know jingle jangle you yeah. know there's Please the jingle stop. jangle of his pocket yeah, no jingle. spoilers yeah. there and then the jingle jangle <laughs> of sleigh bells I mean they go for a uh, horse ride yeah. you go for a Goose ride. Goose ride. Goose ride, goose ride. Goose ride around the island. They, they were popular in 1912 with they, goose were. Rides. they were goose yeah. rides really yeah. big geese 
Oh, you, you, you could fit two people in one goose. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't you be sitting on them, not getting in them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you scoop them out, and then you, 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 you know, I've seen that. I've seen those giant swan rides at theme parks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. plastic ones. Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, but just actually made out of a, a really big goose. Really, yeah. really big goose. <laughs> That's some motors put. Big goose return. Big goose return. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the name of the kind of like ride thing? It's the big goose return. Yeah. Oh, that's why they've got a fan club. Yeah. They're obsessed by going on that ride. They they race around the lake, they do. and then they, when you hear the bet with little pennies. Oh, <laughs> you'll set me off already. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they get they so they race around the lake, and then when they hear the honk of the goose, that means they have to um, big goose return, and somebody else gets a go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every yeah. year, every every year, at least once a year they gather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, but the Christmas thing would be perfect because there's lots of soft focus. The kind of all yeah, that a stuff. Lot of that. Yeah, it would, I wonder if on like the Blu-ray release, like you can get different soundtracks and stuff. Do you think you can put a, a Christmas filter on the on the visuals? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. They do Good. everything nowadays. They can do everything nowadays. Time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why Not much, really. Listen to me. Yeah, no, I love this film. It's the most romantic film ever. And certainly, there's yeah, nothing wrong is, with it at all. This is just gorgeous to look at and beautiful, and you will cry your eyes out. If you don't cry, then you're probably not quite human. Or you're William Fawcett Robinson. Oh. Although he's probably does have a bit of a cry in his room on his own. I think but again, we'll I think get onto he's that. a secret crier, yeah. He definitely is a secret crier. I don't crier. think he's ready to cry in public, but... Yeah, no. This is this is genuinely the polar opposite of of that film that we did in um, the first series. Yeah. Everything about this is the polar opposite of that film. <laughs> for, for a film that it is, it's got quite a lot of quality, and yeah. part of that I think is the actors. I think they're really really good in this. Yeah, I did a bit of research. You know, you usually would. Ooh. No, I know <laughs> this is so unusual. New series, new yeah. rules. Okay. That's right. Okay. That's why I'm breaking all the rules. <laughs> I did some research. Right. Yeah. Turns out mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve. Once played Superman. Really? Yeah. What on the sure, on the, amazing, on, the isn't it? on the television, the radio, yeah. or on the film? On the film. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Amazing, right? That's quite. Good. I, I didn't come across that when I did my notes. Okay. I know. Well, you know. Good job we both kind of like back. It's in a good up. job we both do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see him not in that costume, not as far as <laughs> You've always wanted to see him not in that. I've costume. always wanted to see. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listener, there are, there are no tops popped off. Uh, oh, there no, is. There oh, is. Yeah. No, there is. But it's very discreet. <laughs> it's a tick. It's a very discreet, but yeah, there is a tick. I mean, that, that whole scene is quite discreet. <laughs> but Out you, brief but candle. It's just nice to see him in a... In a He's a very good actor. Not... not He's a really, He's good, really actor. good He's ridiculously yeah. handsome. Oh, my He's God. The, 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 You've the... stumbled across my circle note already. Oh, my God. What have you circled? What have you circled? I've circled it. Clark is a very, very attractive man. Yeah. I mean, You've... he's got it all going on, hasn't he? Yeah. Let's face he's it. Got a, he's got a presence. He's, he is huge. Yes. But <laughs> not like towering over everyone. <laughs> yeah, but he's not gangly, but he's no. not muscly. He's just... Oh, <laughs> But yeah, he's so good, and the the, the the two of them especially. But even 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 allowing for Plummer, you've got three very strong screen presences there. Oh, Plummer's great! Yeah, I really like Plummer. Three. And we've got Plummer number two in series two. Because he oh. was in Twelve Monkeys as the scientist. Oh, we've we've got we've, we've got a oh, double plumber. Double plumber. 
Mario and Luigi. That's right. <laughs> it was he in that as well. <laughs> but the three of them are just wonderful. They're great, aren't they? To look at, yeah. and you kind of forget because he's not actually in. Uh, it feels like he's not in many films other than those Superman films. You take him out the uh, lycra. Yeah. Put some more clothes on him. Yeah, you know, but like you know, the giant normally, doll he normally, is. You know, yeah, but he is, yeah. And he, you know, he's great. He's been that, that was a, that was a he's good... got chops. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was within a couple of years of obviously Superman and two were, were filmed over such a long period. Mm. And somewhere in time, actually comes out between Superman and Superman two, and then Death Traps. That that's a good far solid kind of film. There we though, go. If yeah, been allowing for that. I mean, he's been in some stinkers as well, obviously. But yeah. um, <laughs> other... haven't we all? <laughs> We've all been in stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> series one, series two, yeah, series three, we were, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> the film itself is very simple. It kind of feels like, well, the director feels like I think the director would have looked at what he'd done. Um, very <laughs> Look at much, what you've done. It's like pushing you... a dog's nose in his uh, <laughs> what, what he shouldn't done. have done on the floor. Look, Look at what, what you've done. You know. Can you smell that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a. It's, it's littered, it's pretty much kind of like TV movies and like episodes of Alias Smith and Jones and yeah. loads of TV stuff. And it, it kind of feels like a very high end TV movie from that. Yeah, point. I mean, I think, I mean, directed wise, he's not the best. But he makes no. some interesting choices there's and nice, it works. There's some beautiful setup scenes. That the scene where they, the, the two scenes where they meet each other are very beautifully done. That yeah. her, her appearing in the mirror, even though. It, when I when I re rewatched it, it, you you get the sense that um, Jane Seymour stood in the background waiting for somebody to go start walking now. There's like a pause <laughs> yeah. when she yeah. comes into view in the in the reflection. Again, it's these little things. It's like little little narrative dips, little editing dips, little visual dips in in a really lovely, beautiful story. Mm. And it, with a bit more care and quality of filmmaker, I think you could have something like was really amazing. Because I think there's a few things in there that. Misses Christmas for a start. No Christmas. No yeah. Christmas. Well, we're, we're um, making up. We're making up for that now. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. very true. I'm being a bit unfair to it, but you know, there's gags and things that he could have put in. There's could have been a bit more about you know how he's trying to get back in time through these hypnosis and stuff like that. Mm. You know, do it a bit. There's more jokiness than I remember from watching yes. it previously. Yes, actually. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot more peripheral characters that um, I'd not fully embraced previously. Are you talking um, about Mr. Prompt? Mr. Prompt has got that, that beautiful scene. Oh, that's um, so good. He's in it like yeah. three or four times, isn't he? I kept yeah, an eye out for him. He's in the restaurant as well when Clark walks past. Yeah. He's there yeah. with the, the stage manager or the director or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, we've, we've, we've met all we've met a lot of that cast in the, in a theatre scene um, and then we see them all again having their tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, two, the two scenes with him, the, the first one where Clark's looking for um, Dr. Quinn, he's asking I wonder everybody... which are you going to use? But, yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, do. <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this beautiful scene when he's in the mm. theatre looking for her. Yeah. Um, the two guys talking, just having this conversation as, as Clark walks past, mm. stops to talk to them. They have their conversation, and then just with perfect timing, the guy just turns. The guy. No, the, no, the two guys talking. He turns and just goes, "What? Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing!" Yeah, it's and then instantly um, puts the character ill at ease, and then they just dismiss him. Yeah. And then we then we stumble across the prompt guy, Mister Prompt, hovering above his prompt box. He only he, he rises above it and then gives he him a quizzical look and descends back down. It's great. 
It's seconds of cinema history, yeah. and it's beautiful. But the scene later on with the prompt guy that's just setting up the play that's within the film is just a throwaway scene from very low angle from the stage mm. looking out into the audience, mm. and the prompt guy is like a screen within the screen. That's right, yeah. That's so nice yeah. as well. But not nothing happens with it, but it's just a really beautiful cell. That's one of those bits, actually, that I think is missed where she goes off script, doesn't she, and does a really long talk about love and missing this person. Yes. If, if the person talking to Clark basically is in the audience, yeah, yeah, and you don't get a shot which you would expect of uh, Mr. Prompt frantically kind of... looking through notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what you don't get. It's quite frustrating. That scene is presumably on the um, cutting room floor somewhere. They must have shot that because that would have been a I ridiculous mean, thing yeah. not to have shot. Idiots. Time. <laughs> what? Mysteries and dreams. Listen to me. They got really lucky getting John Barry because his score oh, is, is really amazing in this. Yeah. The use of Rachmaninoff is amazing. I think they're going to use Marla, <laughs> but it was too sad. Yeah, yeah. He's like, parents had died yeah. that year, <laughs> and he was like, I can't do it. <laughs> so this whole the whole film score like it adds this yearning and sadness the melanc- to melancholy the film, which it. Yeah. gives it melancholy. Yeah, and it gives it some really lovely quality. And there, there's a really just a beautiful piece of music that pops up every now and again. There's a bit where he first goes out onto the beach and sees Dr. Quinn, and um, that music's playing in the background, and it's it's lovely. Like like even before they've met, you know they're going to depart each other. In fact, you know that anyway because the scene at the beginning. The, the music is beautiful. The kind of the motif kind of runs through it, whether it's the Rachmaninoff or the score itself. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. The, those kind of swells that just pull in and come from nowhere and kind of add such a depth to it that it kind of doesn't deserve in a way in a way (laughs) you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah. the other thing it doesn't quite deserve is that because it's John Barry there's segments of the uh, incidental music that sound a bit Bond like and um, (laughs) you just expect (laughs) you know like (laughs) 007 to like wander drunkenly through Oh, it's just Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens in Bond. I haven't seen Bond movies. So. There's one or two, but I, yeah, I don't, is that, I don't know if it's still going. It was, a big uh, thing in the, it was a thing in the 60s, but I don't know if it carried on. I think there was one or t- maybe two sequels yeah. or something, and then it just disappeared. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a shame. They yeah, probably yeah. should try bringing that back, actually. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know uh, there's yeah. probably no money in it. No, true. Who's going to want to watch that? Um, this is actually kind of probably mid Barry school, actually. <laughs> mid Barry. Mid Barry. Um, <laughs> Around his stomach, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Um... Midriff, Barry. Midriff, there we go. Midriff, yeah, Barry. Yeah. Um, this is the 80s. He's obviously been doing film scores 1980, from, the, yeah. from the 50s, 60s. He's yeah, certainly doing like that. Certainly at very early 60s. And it's interesting that this is the one that kind of earned him the most money as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that kind of like I won't take a pay for this. I'll I'll just take some mm. some of the the soundtrack. And it was one of those where I think it was a, I think it was a mixture of the sheet music and the soundtrack itself. Yeah, and it's one of those that's kind of always been in print. Did you know there was a musical made of this somewhere in time? Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. I didn't investigate further because why would? As you? in film, TV, no. theater, theater, theater. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think it did very well. <laughs> I can't imagine it. Oh, okay. that would be shit. The film's introduction has kind of that music on it as well, that kind of static titles, and then we just get that funky 70s music kind of (laughs) kicking in. Music's quite a good thing throughout, kind of placing where it is, but as well as the motif. It is, and if they did add the Christmas part to it, 
you could smother John Barry's beautiful, lush soundtrack with jingle bells, wouldn't you? We'd just be just yeah. rattling some jingle yeah, bells. He, he wouldn't mind. Yeah. He'd be up no. for that, I reckon. More, more royalties for the John Barry's. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. His great, great grand mid Barry's would be rolling <laughs> in it. Yeah. The introduction into the film itself, I really loved that opening kind of sequence. Well, it's well interesting. There's no music at all over the titles. Yeah. 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 There's nothing. It's over. just the titles are silent. Mm. And then that kind of the party music, the the waka waka um, shaft type music again. That was John Barry as well. So, so you so you know you're at a you know you're at a seventies. Even though it's nineteen eighty. Um, oh no, it's not. It's it's nineteen seventy two, isn't it? No, 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 ah, seventy two. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but those but those moments where the mysterious woman in in the room. Yes. Um, and when she approaches, and the kind of the background noise, the music, and the way it kind of pulls the silence as she approaches, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's really it kind of reminded me of kind of the, the scenes you get in like Sleeping Beauty. It's like almost like the evil witch is approaching it, but in, in a kind of. But this turns out it's the opposite. <laughs> She's yeah, not the evil witch. Yeah. <laughs> no. Did you see uh, William H Macy in that scene? Really oh, young. In the party yeah. scene. When she goes oh, wow. towards Clark, like, and the people part. To let her through, yeah. and one of them's William H Macy. Oh, hmm. I didn't, I didn't spot that. Oh, interesting. Okay. I saw a person <laughs> that I know. <laughs> you saw a person. <laughs> That'll happen again in a minute. <laughs> I'll flag that up for you. Nice. No, okay. People love it when I notice people. <laughs> it's not just the noticing; it's the knowing their names as well. Oh, yeah. That's the bit that gives it its own special. That's right. That's podcast. right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> His expression when he turns around is this weird shock. I don't know why he's shocked because it's just an old lady. It's that connection, connection of, yeah. Is there, mm-hmm. yeah. And she just hands him the watch and they've the, just come back to me and then she just walks away and it's just, it's a fairy tale opening, isn't it? It, really it is, is, yeah. But it then just cuts straight from that to, to eight years later. So it then places it in the time that the film was released. 1980 Chicago. 1980. And while he's successful, his whole life's fallen to bits. His, his partner girlfriends left him and he's obviously this thing's haunted him for the last eight years yeah and the, the office right <laughs> the office is amazing <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna call it the uh, museum of exposition because <laughs> he's got like all the posters his posters <laughs> okay. up on the wall of his previous plays plays what i wrote, plays yeah. what he wrote. uh one of them is called passionate apathies nice. that's a good title right one of them is called <laughs> of course i love you you don't which <laughs> is <just> good <laughs> One of my favourites is Too Much Spring, you know, like Too Much oh. Spring, Never a Summer, you know. Unless he means like springs in motors. Oh, you're right. It's, it's, it's like Zebedee. <laughs> Insert sound of a boy. <laughs> there <Yeah>. we go. <laughs> <laughs> you always want me to put a boying on. Isn't it? Okay. That, that will make more sense when people are in series two, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the last one, uh, the biggest poster on the wall, actually, it's called, oh. um, this is my favourite play he's, he's wrote, uh, it's called Dearly Be Liked. <laughs> Dearly delight we are gathered here today. How good is that? <laughs> oh, He's written some good plays. Yeah. yeah. If I ever get married to anybody from 1912, then that's definitely the opening of the um, ceremony. Dearly delight we are gathered here yesterday. There we go. <laughs> yesterday, yeah. tomorrow. And um, there's also a Marla record to name check the soundtrack. That then, that then wasn't used. That yeah. then wasn't used, yeah. yeah. But you stick it in anyway. It's a museum of exposition. You put this nice. stuff in there. Um, and then there's also on the right-hand side, there's a plaque that says... That which you think will become your world, and that's one of the oh, phrases okay. he uses when he's trying to hypnotize oh, himself okay. to go back awesome. in time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I've got another one of these later on. You wait. <laughs> <laughs> Things what robbers seen. <gasps> I noticed he he drives out of the city and he passes the hotel 
and he randomly yes. stops and decides to go into the hotel. So irrespective mm. of the watch that he's been given by yeah. old lady Medicine Quinn, it's just luck <laughs> that he does go into the hotel. <laughs> it's not... And again, this is the issue with the script. It's like, you could have just tweaked that and kind of gone... Yeah, yeah, because it feels it feels like there's a moment where it's like some kind of recognition, but it's not really no. there, is it? It's not no, not until he's in the hotel, oh. and that's you know a different yeah. matter entirely. He's presumably plagued his life and ruined his relationships, yeah. but he's not actually investigated what this means. But then, how would you? I suppose how would you investigate just a strange Doctor Quinn medicine woman? In, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so watch? it's just—is it fate? No, fate doesn't yeah. exist. So it's just luck, Accident. isn't it? I was thinking then, yeah. like, he's got really lucky, because what if he was just driving <laughs> past the Overlook Hotel? That would have been a different film. Oh, man. You know, Crossover. he's going to have to romance that woman in 237. <laughs> well, there's some idiot axing a daughter. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and can you get that kid to stop peddling around the corridor? Please? That's Arthur. <laughs> oh, did put Arthur in a tricycle? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> Where are we? Eight is the shining. There we go. Out, yeah, it's Shining, shining seventy. You see, they missed it, a so. trick. Oh, they could have been like the, the carpet could have been that same carpet. He's gone in the wrong hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the lovely lady in, not the one with the ghosts and shit. <laughs> not the crazy axe murder yeah. and all the dead people and the lovely, lovely torpery in the garden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there could have been. I'm desperately, I'm desperately trying to think of other other hotels from that period. But Forty Towers. Seen of it, <laughs> it seen of him driving past Forty Towers, stopping for a minute, then carrying on the Overlook, going pulling in, <laughs> and then going. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> the Grand Hotel. Ooh, you said. There we go. <laughs> That's what, the one for what, me. I don't know why. <laughs> What delights waiting yeah. here in the Hall of History. And it turns out a lovely Dr. Quinn. Oh, he made the right he decision. He did, didn't he? Well, yeah, he did. Yeah. Did he? I don't know, I don't actually. know. Because, <laughs> like... He had, a, he had a really nice day in his lifetime. He had a really, really nice that day. Was about it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Time travel's confusing, isn't it? It's very isn't confusing. It? Even for those of us that can do yeah. it, it's quite confusing. Especially for those of us well, that can Well, the do idea it. is just to not think about it, which is how we write well, our the, podcast. Well, the thing is, to, to ta- travelling time, you do think about yeah, it. Yeah, it turns out. This film attacks. Yes, you're right. I love the simplicity of, of the um, timeline, but the simplicity of it that and in, in and on paper and saying it out loud, it doesn't work. Oh, I think Just it think does. Think yourself back to nineteen twelve. Yeah, but then it it, it does. It does. It's beautiful. It kind of paraphrases the book in the sense that they do the same thing. Um, <laughs> an exact paraphrase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you have you have you read the book? I have read the book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Is it vastly different? No, not really. Okay. I presumed it was a short story, but it is a novel. Oh, it's it? a novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't presume it was one of his. Shorts. He did a sequence of novels, like of um, blokes trying to find their fancy women. But uh, Matheson also wrote uh, "What Dreams May Come." You know that Robin Williams film where he's going to heaven and hell. I'd forgotten that was him. Oh, okay, I don't, the last man on earth kind of stuff. I, I am a legend. Yeah, I am legend. I mean, we're skipping around, obviously, but you clear everything out of yeah, the room except except the massive lights behind his bed. 
the two modern yeah. lights. <laughs> He's like, oh, you can't have that modern painting. Take that down. Oh, you can't have that tape recorder. Oh, shove that under the bed. Can't have that TV. Out the room it goes. Two big lights. <laughs> it took him two goes to remember to take the tape recorder out. That there, is it? true. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> if he goes back to time, sat next to a tape recorder, then yeah. this whole thing nonsense. That, but, oh, he's put it under the bed. Put it under the bed. Put it under the bed. Okay. No problem. Here we go. We're about to travel. He goes to see a, an old professor of his. It's philosophy. He tells him how yeah. to time travel. He's like, he's modelled like Einstein. Oh, okay. Yeah, eccentric scientist guy. And yeah. he's the author of the book. Travel through time. Yeah, G. Yeah. Finney, isn't it? G. Finney, yeah, yeah. G. Finney. Um, Jack Finney, who was the writer who wrote a book called Time and Again in 1970, in which someone hypnotised himself back through time to meet a fancy woman. Oh, okay. Which Matheson has used as his concept. So he's he's giving a nod to Albert Einstein Finney. Albert Finney. Albert Finney. You didn't know Albert Finney was in this, did you? No, no. You had to go round about, but there he was. Time! Nothing, actually nothing. It's not a good title, that, though, is it? Bid Time Returns. Bid Time Return? It kind of is. Bid Time Returns. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's from Shakespeare, isn't mm-hmm. it? Well, yeah, because... Mm-hmm. You dissing Shakespeare? Oh. Please do. <laughs> I don't like Shakespeare. Take him down. Time Babble exclusive. Let's take down Shakespeare. Take down Shakespeare. <laughs> play by play. <laughs> <laughs> right, where do you want to start? Alphabetically? <laughs> Alphabetically or chronological. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All oh, the same. Here we go. Comedy, history, tragedy, um, <laughs> kitchen sink. Kitchen sink. I do like those ones. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. the Shakespeare kitchen sink. You bring you back Albert Finney again, aren't you? We'd get our um, equity um, badges taken off as if we diss Shakespeare, so we... Uh... I gave mine in. Oh. I gave mine in. You know, like a police badge. Oh, you just slam it down. You, yeah, you can't stop me. Is that why yeah. your voice is always overdubbed by a professional actor? Exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Some of the extras are just amazing. It feels it feels low budgety as well because some of the peripheral extras it feels like they're not sure where the camera is and it feels like at any moment they can all look directly at the camera. Yeah. So there's it a little happens once or twice. I imagine. It feels like they're they're probably even like hotel guests that they've dragged down and dressed up to dance around and stuff. I know. Yeah, it's not great. But some of the extra extras are just. Fantastic. You um, mean the character actors? Yeah. Yeah, Arthur in particular. Arthur, he, he's feels, great. Yeah, yeah, old, yeah, old and young. That's that's a yeah. Yeah, both of them are great. The, yeah. the, the yeah. little Arthur is just adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With his giant football that's bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bit where he, uh, he's really pissed off and he sits on it by the desk. The cold, dead stare of a child. Yeah. The cold, dead <laughs> stare of a child. <laughs> Who didn't get his Happy own, Christmas! Who didn't get his own way. I mean, you know, that, that actually references the whole film because no one gets their own way, really. No, nobody. Do they? Nobody. No one, in fact. No. The, the play itself, the, the magical play where she, I mean, she's obviously a fine actress on that stage, but that play looks like it's terrible. Oh, God, it's <laughs> awful. It's awful. The, 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 the cockney maid and all oh. that kind of stuff. It, I mean, it's broad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Talking, we'd be talking about one of the finest actresses of her generation on the stage, and it's like, surely she could mm. be. There are, there are better plays than this kicking yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. 1912? Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, there's that fellow that you mentioned earlier who's written a few plays that they could have done one of his, but yeah. Mm. But yeah. Too easy. Mm. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, because they could have done the well. What, what play? What play is that line from? It's Richard the <laughs> Second, Act Three, Scene Two. Oh okay, they could have shoehorned that in somehow. Yeah, but that would have been nice to have had that line on the stage you know, somehow. Yeah, that would have been a nice callback. Yeah, the first act is over in in, in about thirty seconds, and, and half of it is her with made up lines as well. But the, the the play as well, that first act of the play is one of the kind of like quickest first acts in in in. It's in really quick. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like five lines, isn't it? It's five lines. She she makes up like a couple of minutes worth. The lines she makes up on the spot are, are, are better wrote than the play itself. Yeah. And the, the cockney maid has to do some um, some gurning in the background. Yeah. She does do some gurning. Yeah. But the theatre people are amazing. That that's yeah. the, the 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 woman. He's the French woman who he stumbles into the room. Uh, yeah, she's really oh, good. She's and Richard Matheson himself in a top hat. As astonished man. Astonished yeah. man. Astonished. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't twig, and then I, when I was looking afterwards, it's like. Whoa, astonished man! And he's like, ah, okay, because he basically just says astonishing. You know, astonished man, you'd be astonished by Clark Beauty. True, yeah. You know, it wouldn't if be that kind of Adonis stepped out of the bathroom, even with a few cuts on his face, you'd still be like, he's looking at his cuts. Hello, astonishing, astonishing. I think he read that line wrong. I'm using that. Yeah, I'm, I'm using <laughs> that more. Often. I'm using that more often. I'm I think you make, should try and make that much new catchphrase in real life. There we go. Astonishing. Yeah. yeah. Define real life. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and then the people in the restaurant, the spoon people in the restaurant with their synchronised oh, spooning. Synchronised spooning. It's just, it's yeah. It's just beautiful. Which is uh, a nod to their sexy time later <laughs> on. Their own synchronised spooning. There's, there's ways to get around the sensor. If that's the way you need to do it, that's the way you need to do it. The restaurant scene I really liked as well was the scene where Clark is approaching Dr. Quinn as she's on the dance floor. Yes. And he's cutting down. Oh, that's really good. It's beautiful. His cutting move, his yeah. His cutting jig is just, oh, oh it's, a, it's a thing of beauty. He winds up for the dance, yeah. taps the guy on the right-hand <laughs> shoulder, and he goes off that side, and he's in. Yeah, but just that, yeah, that so kind of good. like swear from not not yeah. not in any way resembling the dances that are happening on the dance floor. He's he, a man of the seventies. He's just he's, doing, good. he's doing some disco yeah. floor moves, and then he's in with the ballroom dancing. He's in. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. Look, nice little shimmy. He does a few physical things. He's wake up on the, the bench outside the hotel because he he hasn't yet got a room because it's not nine eighteen on the day that he checks in, so he has to sleep out on the um, June the twenty seventh, nineteen twelve. Nine eighteen. But his wake up stretches also have a kind of. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. He's a physical and a, he's a comedy actor. Yeah. He's a romantic actor. He does sad really well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's got it all. No wonder they both fell in love during the film. We now go to our romance um, specialist. Oh, yeah, well, you would. I mean, the, the, yeah, wouldn't yeah. you? Right? You would want either of those people to look at you like they look at each other. And that's another reason it works. That chemistry is just it's pouring yeah. off that screen. Yeah. Polar opposites. <laughs> <laughs> Time traveller's midwife. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you know, in lots of scenes without words, and as you say, the script isn't particularly brilliant. You're like just looking at their faces, emoting, and it's just gorgeous. Just before you see the prompt man, did you notice the peanut machine? Oh, the peanut machine. I've yeah. written down peanut machine. It's just a <laughs> I've just written down peanut machine. There's not a lot to say about it. No. It's, it's very big. <laughs> I couldn't see any peanuts. No, no, no. But what, what's it doing there? I don't know how the peanuts get in, get out, but it's beautiful. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But there's a few props. There's that. a few props as well. Did you also make a note of the vacuum cleaner? Of course. Yeah, the vacuum <laughs> cleaner is just the two people yeah. vacuuming. Maybe they were vacuuming up the peanuts. Oh, true. People trailing peanuts yeah. through the lobby. Maybe that's yeah. another scene that's on the cutting room floor of Clark 
you know, trying to work the peanut machine, but he's a modern 70s man. And they go everywhere. Don't have peanut machines. No. Yes, yeah, peanuts all over the place, hence the vacuuming. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And again, he adds this little, nice little stories in the background to, to add a bit of <laughs> levity to the tragedy. Time! <laughs> Doing stuff and things. Listen to me. I did very much enjoy Baxter's coin shop. Yes. And there's oh. a, so there's a scene where <laughs> he goes he goes <laughs> You've already he goes to buy his cl- You've already referenced it. I'm gonna have to start getting some tissues and trying now. Yeah. So he, he <laughs> it's a, there's a scene where um, Clark goes to buy his suit. Yes. And he goes into the local town to Baxter's coin shop to buy his coins, which we'll get to later. Yes. Um, but mm-hmm. there's other shops that he doesn't go into. Oh, and I've listed these Whoa, all down. Is this the things what you have seen? Stuff I've seen. <gasps> Part two. <laughs> he first goes past the Orpheum Theatre, which has a sign that says it's uh, a haunted house and a wax monsters display. Oh, man. Yeah, which is nice. He'd be straight in there, wouldn't he? Yeah, because this, like, this is like, I need his... to buy some coins, but you know what? I'm going to stop and see some wax monsters. So this, yeah, because this isn't his hometown. So it's not like this is no. where he goes. No, he's on day. holiday. This is he's the on first holiday. time he's been there. Yeah, he's on holiday. He's going to look around. Yeah. Other places that you could look around in is <laughs> um, <laughs> Betty's Gifts. Betty's Gifts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's got a lot of gifts. She's yeah. the girl with all the gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also <laughs> just a place, a place that says hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I particularly like that one. Well, branded restaurants are quite a modern phenomenon, aren't they? So I know, you just I know, went to, I know. You know, you, it was just cheese, hamburger, cheese. Yeah, where hamburgers, you going? I'm going to cheese. Yeah, yeah. chicken. Yeah, pickles. Mop the pickle yeah. shop. Yeah. Well, you say pickles. There is a shop called the Ye Old Pickle Barrel. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You see, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> As if, as if I needed to actually prove that. In fact, prove themselves, I think you'll find. It turns out they do. Yeah. It turns out they do. Um, there's also a bicycle rental, which is not that funny. No. There's a balsam shop. A who? A balsam shop. A balsam shop, yeah. Where you can get your balsam. Your balsam. Yeah, I did one, yeah. But the, the shop that you should have gone to, my favourite shop, is uh, Murdoch's Fudge Kitchen. Nice. <laughs> uh, that's quite. Which fancy. has the biggest sign? Well, that's quite fancy because that's actually got somebody's name in front of it. That, that that's must, right. That must have been the tipping point where branding started to become a thing. Yeah. I think it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> Just call it fudge. Where are you fudge. going? Fudge. Yeah. Fudge. Mm. You're not going to the, the fancy one, Murdix Fudge. Yeah, let's go to Murdix tonight. Murdix. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon he took a lease there. Did you get your fudge? Yeah. Murdix. Here, uh, here, Doctor Quinn, would you like to go out with me? Yes, I would. Thank you. She wants some fudge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get down to see the wax museum. Get yourself some. Fudge. I mean, that's a date, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a date. That's a good, that's oh, a good it's all there. Thing. Missed oh, a trick, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Strong carriage. Get yeah. some balsam, whatever that is. Maybe there's. It's <laughs> <laughs> coming back carrying balsam. <laughs> Big logs of balsam. <laughs> I don't know what to get you. <laughs> is that the 1912 equivalent of of desperate man buying gift from garage? It definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh, oh shit! It's her birthday. Oh, it's birthday. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know what to get you. Balsam. <laughs> okay, peanut machine done. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> Time. They're very little. They're very little. Part of the mystery of the film is that it's kind of there's a couple of elements in it that are not explained at all. Oh, okay. So the the yeah. Yeah, what is balsam, <laughs> for example? Yeah. Uh, 
there's a bit where they first meet <laughs> and Dr. Quinn says, is it you? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair. He gives the right answer. Yes! yes it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Um, oh, Bad Plumber. Yeah. So bad, bad Plumber. Bad, yeah. bad Luigi. Bad yeah. Plumber says... Um, well, it turns <laughs> out that he foresaw that yeah. she was going to meet a man who would destroy her acting career. And that's almost like he's... Yeah. It's a kind of a controlling thing for him, maybe. But it also has this kind of air of mystery. And I was thinking, desperately trying to explain what was going on. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought he was a time traveller. Yeah, I did, I did wonder if he also was... It's kind of inferred. But I quite liked that. And I quite liked that it was that scene where where she's in the mirror and... Um, well, looking in the mirror, she's not in the mirror. Um, where Plummer's isn't kind of behind she? her. And he, well, she's also in the mirror, isn't she? Where Plummer kind of goes, is is that him? And it's kind well, this of is, like this is my point. Only you can, and then he says to her, "Only you know." Yeah, that scene that you mentioned is where he comes into the room, mm. and he is mirrored. He's got a mirror twin. Yeah, yeah. There's an evil plumber. He's got an evil, evil, evil plumber. plumber's got an evil, eviler plumber. More evil plumber. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't know which plumber it is. No. Is it evil plumber or more, more evil? Plumber. More evil plumber. But they know they've they've gone back in time. Yeah, but I but I liked that, and I liked that in my brain. I liked that that kind of played out that it was just his Svengali kind of. Pet, not pettiness, but his Svengali kind of controlling of like, of course she's going to meet somebody and fall in love, and that's she's she's not going to be able to act because she's going to be happy. Is that kind of like keeping somebody unhappy so that they're better at their career? Is that a thing? Well, it's that kind of like the tortured artist thing, isn't it? Where you kind of yeah. like, if you become blissfully happy, you're not going to be able to um, act or you're not going to perform as as well as you could when you were full of anxiety and misery and all that kind of stuff. Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but I presume that was just his fear of her finding happiness and leaving. Either leaving him, him or just becoming a, a regular actress or just losing her art. I don't think, I think his motivations, he's got a different motivation. There's that scene well, where there's a scene he's with the moth, trying to convince. There? There's the moth scene. The moth scene, yes. <laughs> the attacking moth. Yeah. <laughs> Attack moth. Which I looked and it didn't get a credit. I'm kind of... It didn't get a credit. No, I am no, writing no, in no. about that. You, you write in. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing it. into... Um, get your lawyers that stood behind you doing nothing at the moment. Literally nothing. They're just eating... They're just eating, they're eating Christmas they? pudding, mince pies. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> pulling silent crackers. <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, yeah, the moths, the attack moth scene... <laughs> in the bandstand, the Mothra scene. We've yeah. all we've all been attacked by moth Mothra in the bandstand. The bandstand oh, it's yes. Mothra. That's what it is. Didn't see the twins anywhere. No, no, <laughs> no. Well, they would be in the hotel when standing in the well, corridor. Maybe they were spooning twins. Maybe they were spooning twins. <gasps> there we go. It's all coming together. He was in the Overlook. <laughs> <laughs> the bad plumber is having an argument with Clark, and um, Clark's saying, "Oh, it's because you love her." And he's like, no, 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 it's purely professional. I want her to be an actress, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And actually, it turns out, no, he really does. Because there's a scene towards the end where, um, I think it's after the photo was taken and stuff like that, which is a lovely moment. Oh, my God. So there's that photo at the beginning, and Clark is completely entranced by Dr. Quinn's smile. And you realise then it twists around at the end. Yeah. Because it turns out when she had the photo taken, she was looking at him. Yeah. And that's really nice. Yeah, that, that's that, really that's li- nice. That's literally her calling to him, her, her yeah. looking at him through time is just mm. beautiful. 
and and you would what a change, lovely idea yeah and you would change your one overnight stay to the rest of your your life just going back into the hall of history and staring at that photo that's, and that's, sweating and sweating quite a lot that's a good yeah. holiday that's a good <laughs> it's holiday a good, that's a solid holiday right there isn't it you've been to Murdick's to get pick up your fudge yeah you've got your bolson you got your bolson, <laughs> you, got your bolson. <laughs> you might have to smuggle it into the hotels i think i, oh, I see don't a, allow it I did see it. a no Balsam sign. Yeah, they, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> well, after that peanut accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's he bringing in now? Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, what did you do on your holiday? I just went to uh, the Grand Hotel and stood, stood in the Hall of History for a week and just sweated a bit. <laughs> sweated a bit and stared at a beautiful, beautiful face that turns out was staring back at me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that I mean... that scene is great. But just and her turn on that where she's just having a photo taken and it's just a regular photo session and he walks in. And then just how her eyes change to look at him, which she wouldn't. Yeah. She's pushed to the roof. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. We've been, leave it. We've been through this. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. Yeah. I'm trying to expand this so we don't get to the mo- this scene in the podcast. I know. We're trying to put off the inevitable. We're trying to put off talking about the thing. <laughs> That's life for you. We can't do it. No. Time. Oh, yeah. What is Doing stuff and things. Listen to me! You know, ignoring the local town with all the uh, attractions. Oh, man, it's like a fun fair down there, yeah. Instead of that, yeah. they go out for a walk on the beach and the park, mm-hmm. and it's oh, it's really beautifully shot. It's like a Surat painting or a Yeah, so it's like or, maybe a mixture, isn't it? Yeah, impressionist and post-impressionist, that era. It's, just, it's, it's literally like you're walking through a painting. Yeah, and it's well, really nicely done. And the fuzziness goes up at back, yeah. back to 32. It's like, it whoa. <laughs> They're really smearing that grease on that camera. Oh, the, the Joan Rivers <laughs> hairs on that scene. Is That's just right. <laughs> right up to 32. Um, which I think it's as much it's as you, high. it's as much it as you can turn up the fuzz. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It's just, well, again, there's, there's so many peripheral characters in there. Like every other person's painting a beautiful painting of the landscape. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a painting party. Yeah, <laughs> it's like how do we double down on the fact that we're trying to reference these French painters? And let's have loads of painters in there. Yeah, let's, 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 I really let's... wanted to see what they were painting, though. Yeah, I don't, at no point did the camera kind of just... I mean, it could have been a giant moth. Well, yeah, they could have been painting Mothra from the They could have been, yeah, yeah, just sitting there. I, I just yeah, if everybody was balsam. painting a balsam. <laughs> I, I painted fudge. <laughs> he painted balsam. <laughs> Things what I saw in town. There we go. And just somebody with just one giant canvas with just a life-size peanut painted in the middle of it. Yeah, just stuck to it. Oh, just stuck to <laughs> it. Stuck to it. Yeah. <laughs> and the outrage from the art community, because it's like, that's not a painting. You can't, you can't just stick a thing to a thing and call it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue you can. <laughs> well, we would argue you can, but you're not a 1912 dandy painting in a grand hotel garden, are you? Aren't I? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And making a massive presumption. A huge here. presumption, yeah. 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 You'll literally regret that, my friend. I'm, I'm already regretting it as I slowly, slowly leave. Yeah. Happy Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hope this is giving you the lift that you need at this special time of year. Just after that, they go to the lighthouse and they go for a nice row in the boat. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, did you notice in the back corner there was a shark's fin in the water? <laughs> nod to Jaws 2. Oh, I was just... <laughs> and then uh, John I... Barry as well. He's like... 
<laughs> well, I, I was only watching in standard definition, so if, if I'd have been watching it in HD or Blu-ray, I probably ah, would, there we go. Like like the hamster that we haven't yet talked about, I would have seen the fin, but no, standard definition, you can't see it. That's what it is. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful moment. Nice, and um, it's great that you snuck that in there. For, yeah, foreshadowing his his future career. Yeah. That's right. In the boat as well, I quite like because he come in wrecked man off, and, and it's that kind of like where she goes, oh, I, d- I don't know this one, but I, I did see him at the Philharmonic. That kind of nice, like, oh, he's he's alive because he hasn't wrote that till 1934. So that's quite a nice um, little touch that the song that connects them hasn't actually been written. It's a bit like the gag in uh, Goodnight Sweetheart, isn't it? <laughs> 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 it's on the list, listeners. Beware. It is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to that, you know we've run out of time travel films. <laughs> We're going to do an overriding arc in Series 3, and it will just be Goodnight That's Sweetheart right. the entire run. When they do finally have a kiss, right, do you think that that makes Dr. Quinn forget everything? Oh, is it, is it his magic Superman kiss? Yeah, super possible. kiss. Yeah. Well, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll probably get back to uh, the bad man. The bad plumber. The plumber, yeah. I was thinking that maybe he fancied Clark. It Uh, wasn't actually Dr. Quinn. Is he the one? He's jealous. He's saying there's going to be this man, this really big man bursting out of his jacket. Yeah, with his face. With his face. (laughs) And his pre-dance jiggle. You'll know him by his pre-dance jiggle. This is why he doesn't want them to get involved with each other. Yeah. Because he, he wants Clark for himself. He wants some Clark sexy time, yeah. <laughs> Quite near the beginning of the film, after he's checked into the Grand Hotel, we cut to a library scene. And while I was watching yeah. this, and it's a lovely scene um, where he's researching, he's going through books. Uh, there's a nice little bit where he asks the librarian, of like, have you got anything else? Have you got any other stuff? And she kind of goes, yeah, we've got some other stuff in the back, but they're in the back, and looks at a watch and they're in the back and time and we're closing he's like oh yeah if you can get those yeah it's kind of nice because it means that you know there's a thing about time it's like he's got all his life to get back to Dr. Quinn and she's like I want to go home he's like I've got 10 minutes and I've got to go home it's nice but part of of my brain was also thinking it's like for a certain generation would you have to explain why is the man in a room looking at pieces of paper yeah what is a library yeah he could just why is he not googling (laughs) this <laughs> this lengthy, this not well, not lengthy scene, but this nice scene where he's like trying to find stuff out, and it's like, oh, that's how we used to find things out. We used to have to go to a room and look at pieces of paper. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, another example of people what I saw. Hey. Did you notice uh, Meg Ryan in the library? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> were you watching like three films at the same time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did fall asleep at one point. I might have been dreaming. <laughs> yeah, so there's a shot where he's going through, at the beginning, he's going through the books. He's saying, oh, he, goes, he sees Elise's name. Yes. And it's shot with two people in front of him on the other side of a desk. Okay. And the lady on the right is Meg Ryan. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. People, what I saw. It feels like you don't get that with Hollywood actors. And it's nice when you kind of see people who are successful and you see them as background person number seven it's you, you don't yeah it's great it's, it's good to nice spot them little kind of like yeah. oh, I, I did have my stripes by stand, standing in the side of a scene looking the other way or whatever exactly okay so after you you mentioned their bit of sexy time after the, consummating um, their um fascination yep. with each other i believe it's phrased <laughs> and in the morning after mm. it cuts to them having a nice indoor picnic and chicken dinner 
<laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah. It's like they've got, like, they've ordered in KFC 1912 style. And, and it's, it's quite good because, like, they're kind of... A weaved basket rather than a, rather than a bucket. <laughs> rather than a bucket, a weaved bucket <laughs> chicken. And um, it is quite nice how they're kind of talking love stuff to each other and then she's chowing down on the chicken leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, quite. <laughs> they quite like that. <laughs> Nibbling away. The breakfast of time travellers. The breakfast of time travellers. Do you want to... <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Romance Corner. <laughs> yeah, but we, we've, they've had an amazing day. They've, they've found each other. They've had a few times. Yeah, they've had plenty of interruptions by Batman Plumber. Off Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> yeah, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I'm probably only had 20, maybe 24, not 48 hours, but he's not spent long in this world. <laughs> but he's forced himself, he's hypnotised himself through time to find true love, this woman of his dreams. Is it of his dreams? Um... Well, not of his dreams, but this mysterious woman who's infiltrated his life and become an obsession. Uh, are we talking about, and this is where the watch comes in, the pocket watch, which you've not really discussed. No. Where the pocket watch is a paradox, isn't it? Yes. So she gives because him the watch she the gives him the watch at the beginning. He leaves the watch at the end, Yeah. assuming that she picks it up. I think that William Fawcett Robinson mm. is a time traveller, isn't he? So he time travels back, picks up the watch... Keeps in his bot bot for a bit, warm it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> what time is it? What time is it? Just give me a minute. <laughs> and then, around the kind of sixties, I think fifties or sixties, he leaves it on Doctor Quinn's dressing table. Oh, taunting her with it. Ooh, what's this? Oh, it's a brown watch. <laughs> <clears throat> I should never get involved in romance corner. <laughs> Both of them have found the person they want to spend eternity with. But he then goes into kind of like show off email thing. Yeah, he does, yeah. And he's like, I've got this suit. And there's the running joke throughout the film of kind of like this suit that he's researched is actually 10 years, 15 years out of date. Yeah, nobody's yeah. wearing this fashion anymore. So he's, he's gone out of his way to buy something to fit in and he stands out like a sore thumb. <laughs> and you you did mention, and making a presumption earlier, um, of, that he visited Baxter's coin shop. He did. So he went to buy some money from the time. Um, so he could obviously spend his money on peanuts while he's back in and and a really really big breakfast, a really big breakfast, and a couple <laughs> of pieces of balsam. That's right, <laughs> an armful of balsam. <laughs> but one of the which we probably didn't touch upon, but one of the kind of rules of hypnotizing yourself into the past is that if you see anything from the future, it can pull you, it can jolt you out of the hypnosis state. So he reaches into his pocket to show her the fancy, the stuff that's in there, the pocket watch. He goes, oh, and you've got lots of pockets in here. You can keep the pocket watch in here. Oh, and this is where you can keep your spare change. Spare change. He holds out the money in his palm and the, the, Zoom single, in. the single penny, the one penny that's in, intermingled with his 1912 coins. It's the uh, worst penny ever spent. It, it's the worst <laughs> penny. It's where the phrase spend a penny comes that's from. That's right, actually. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very tragic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... And there in his palm is the 1979 US penny. And it's just a jolting scene, which is just fantastic. Oh, my God, it's horrifying. It's horrifyingly fantastic. And yeah. it's just because it just jolts this beautiful, fun scene. It's really quick. And it's brutal. Yeah. And he's literally... I mean, being pulled away from all that chicken dinner. I mean, that's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. There's Dr. Queen and I'm still eating. <laughs> I've served you a leg. <laughs> So he pulls and we pull yeah. away with him and she disappears into a dot on the screen 
as he pulls away and he wakes he wakes back up in the in the now in the nineteen eighty and distraught and well, dying. As you would be. Um, yeah. and he tries, he tries to get back, but he can't he can't tragic. do it. So he tragic. Can't do it. Um so he, he mooches around, he moons around, he goes and looks at the picture, he goes and stares at He does, he does. He goes yeah. back and stares at the eyes. I was that thinking that they should, that that's a point for uh, and they probably made the right choice. But I was <laughs> we thought it'd be really nice if you had a rather officious security guard. Going, oh, oh, excuse me, mate. Do you uh, do you mind not touching the painting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop hogging yeah, the painting. Uh, hogging that, the that, painting. Uh, yeah, keep keep your lips off that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen you in here every day, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Oh, you're sweating on it again. Covered in sweat and despair. <laughs> sweat. Yeah. Can you take your despair elsewhere, mate? Are uh, you spoiling the hall of history for everyone else, sir? <laughs> oh, next next you'll be flicking peanuts at it. <laughs> oh, I could have done with some peanuts. Would that have would be nice. him up. Yeah. Because then it, it, goes, it goes and sits with the pigeons by the bins. Oh, by the bins. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, amazing. Man. I love that. A beautifully posed shot oh. of the lighthouse in the background. Yeah. Which we've seen uh, many we saw times. Previously. Yeah, yeah. Idyllic. Well, there's a bit There's a bit at the beginning where old Dr. Quinn yeah. looks out of her window yeah. and sees this kind of same shot. That's the and he's reminiscing we, about that, yeah, exactly. You see constantly. The only um, thing that's and been proved really that... lovely place bins and pigeons <laughs> and traps bins everywhere. litter everywhere. The only thing yeah, that we proved that would be as well as the pigeons if a goose walked past, but oh, there was no there amazing. was no comedy goose. No. <laughs> <laughs> no comedy goose at that moment, and he just he he literally sinks into the most amazing despair and just his heart's broken and yeah, that's it. That's it. He's a yeah. bit, you know, not wishing to spoil this view, but... Oh. It is Christmas, so... It is Christmas, and, yeah. you know... But in his death, he, he does manage to... Um, he does turn into Ghost Cam. He does turn into Ghost Superman, because he does almost Ghost, fly... Ghost Cam fly off, fly, yeah. Flies yeah. towards Dr. Quinn, and they are reunited in the afterlife. Um, they are. I mean, um, that's, you know... And credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and out. <laughs> yeah, there's no epilogue. Whoa, 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 there's nothing. Whoa. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And it's like, I need some tissues. That's good. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> really sad. Uh, it is really sad. But there's that nice moment where he kind of, the room fades away, yeah. and then the light through the window kind of fills the room and all this sort of stuff. It's a beautiful kind of death scene. In the Somewhere in Time factory that's on the disc. <laughs> yeah. The 90 minute behind the scenes. That's right, yeah. They're yeah. talking about that scene. And what originally they wanted to do was have it all in one shot. And so what would happen is that he would die. Oh. He would get up out of the bed, oh, leaving Mirror okay. Clark yeah. in the bed. And then it, all in one shot. Right? Yep. And the, the room that's sort of set would part and open up. And in the back of the studio would be this kind of big white space with Elise standing there. Oh, and wow. he would just walk through into it. So that would be really nice. That's amazing. Because that's kind of what they're doing, isn't it? They're yeah. breaking the whole story oh, apart. And that's, if they're breaking the film at that point awesome. as well, it'd be just lovely. But they didn't do that. Well, they presumably spent all their money on peanut machines. Peanuts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn props. <laughs> I know it's authentic. That's not the point. <laughs> peanut machines, vacuum cleaners and, and giant red footballs. It's still it's beyond tragic, but it's beautiful and it's uplifting. It's it's that it has that balance that is it American schmaltz, but it has yep. that kind of balance <laughs> of, but it balances it and it's the thing that when they do it right, they do it really right and it has that kind of, it's tragic but it's beautiful and it's lovely and it's 
it's got it's, yeah it's a fantastic I thought my, what might make quite a good ending is if that same scene happened and he got out of his bed and he went into what is kind of like paradise mm. and it wasn't Dr. Quinn there it was <laughs> it, it was William Fawcett Robinson standing there like hello mate <laughs> beckoning him beckoning him yeah <laughs> With Mothra, with flying, Mothra around. flying around his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could repeat the line back that Christian, that, that Clark did of like, "Can I persuade you to?" Yeah, sit there down? we go. Can, <laughs> can I persuade um, you to sit down? <laughs> can I? Yeah. And credits. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> Clark, Clark winks at the camera yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> cue rap running off. Time for some poetry. It's time for some poetry. It's haiku or limerick. Few people switching off. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we go first? Want me to go first? I don't mind. You oh, yeah, let's, let's do it quick. Get out, and then people don't have to wait any longer than is necessary. No free go. No. Do you want me to go first? Or? Yes, definitely. Okay. What have you gone for? I've gone for my my preferred my preferred format, which I is, don't know is anymore. Haiku. Haiku. It's, it's a haiku. Um, but I have gone for a two-part haiku. Uh, okay. By by accident. Um, the they were, I did them separately. Mm-hmm. The last line of the first one is the first line of the second one. So they do. So I'll do them both together. Your time return. Um, so it's a double barrel. So there's the two haikus coming up. This is brilliant. Together. And what's even better is like no one loves this section, least of all no, us. No. And. Um, but it's like, it's about time we lost that last listener that we got, so go for go it. For it yeah. <laughs> We'd lose his funding if we stopped doing exactly, this. Exactly, so, you're right, you're right. So, when time travelling to find the love of your life, don't look at the coin. Don't look at the coin. Abandoned in the present, head towards the light. Oh, oh. You, you were in a bad state when you wrote that. I've watched the film twice. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm still crying. <laughs> I hope you've gone limerick. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have. <gasps> I have gone limerick. Oh, um, nice. However, is it a sad limerick? It is a sad limerick, a yeah. Um, well, not, not sad, um, bitter. I think it's more oh, bitter. Oh, okay, bitter's fine. You know, I've said before where I've been trying to write a haiku that was funny. I've actually managed to write <laughs> a, <laughs> a limerick, depressing, depressing limerick. limerick, which is quite an achievement, <gasps> I reckon. Yeah, the, the, yeah, nice. I've decided to, again, hone in rather than do a whole holistic approach to the movie. Why would you do oh, that? Okay. It's a bit too complicated, even this one. Uh, um, I yeah, couldn't yeah. fit Mothra into the limerick. Or <laughs> <laughs> no. the balsam. Uh, so I've honed in on a particular character, and I've gone for William Fawcett. Robinson, there once was a bad man called Plummer, whose delusional love was a bummer. He's mean and he's cross, his heart's full of loss, having too much spring and no summer. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, melancholy limerick. That's right, melancholy limerick. Melancholy yeah. limerick. My sweet melancholy. It's unprecedented, my right? My sweet melancholy. Probably, possibly the first one in history. Ever. Yeah. Another time bubble first. Yeah. All your Edward Lear nonsense. That's right. All your Shakespeare crap. Yeah. Big time returns. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) 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 Big time returns my... (laughs) (laughs) Now that's an ending. (laughs) 
smash, smash. Black letter, black letter, crash, crash, crash. Black letter, black letter, kill, kill, kill. I got that feeling, black letter rock. 